Welcome back to the Information Systems Digest podcast. I'm the host, Cassandra Grunstrom, a postdoctoral researcher, part of the digital enterprise at NTNU in Trondheim, Norway. This episode is broken up into two parts, part one and part two, both with our, our guest, Eric Montero. Thank you, Eric, for, for joining. I'm happy to be here. So Eric is, is also part of the NTNU family, and I'm sure our listeners would be interested to hear more about yourself, your, your history and your background and what brings you here today. So thanks. So by now I've had a long stretch here at NTNU, some 25 plus years within the IS group. It's been called various things throughout the ages, but it's very much the IS group I've, I've been. And before that, I, I worked in Oslo at an applied research center. So I haven't been out in the real world, but the applied version of it is at least relatively close to the real thing. Well, despite you not being out in the, the real world, as, as you put it, you have had a long-standing history with the information systems discipline, and you're a professor here at, at NTNU, and you work within the ISSE group. That's correct? That's right. What does that stand for again? Well, not very you know, deep thinking. It's IS plus SE, which is the software engineering. So, so it is a group that contains both parts. Very in, sort of interdisciplinary and maybe sort of very often we see information systems disciplines mixed with sort of this informatics and computer science and electrical engineering. That's true. That's true. I guess um, here to give listeners the, the local context, you know, that rest would be the rest of the department. So, you know, this being one of five, is it? <laughs> I, I think five, yes. <laughs> Groups, you know, th- those other areas would be covered in the other groups. Okay, listeners, from this episode two, you can expect two parts, and the second part will be released at a later date, where Eric and I will first discuss contemporary topics and definitions of information systems, along with the history of the discipline itself from the last 60-ish years or so. Uh, This won't be in great detail, rather more reflective and self-critical about our own perceptions and experiences. I've had about five years exposure to the discipline, whereas Eric is closer to 20 years. And in part two, Eric and I will continue our discussion on IS, considering both the present and potential future directions of the discipline. Sure. But also, I think for me, it's an interesting session because I I would normally not reflect and and, talk about the history. It's just, you know, a lived experience more than something put into words. So, So let's see what happens here. Absolutely. Our our own personal narratives are are sometimes hard to transcribe from our experiences into nice boxes like past, present, and future. That's sort of the the theme of of this episode. So first, Eric, I'd like to discuss with you the general thoughts about information systems. What is information systems? What are the sort of boundaries that exist? And I have a a, a quote here from Gary Dixon, who was the first editor-in-chief in MISQ, and he published a paper on management information systems, which is now just referred to as information systems. And in this paper, he said, in the simplest, most straightforward terms, management information systems deals with all information and decision-making activity associated with operating an organization. It is the, the desire of those working in the management information system area to encourage better organizational efficiency and effectiveness through facilitating information provision and decision support to management. 
So that's kind of a very large generalization about information systems. Do you agree with this definition and do you think it still applies to today? Well, um, yes and no. It's broad. It's got many of the the reasonable words in there. So, so I think, you know, in this sense, yes, it covers a lot of ground. But I also think that it's... Um, you know, misses out in, in in other parts. So, so I mean, just the the obvious to me thing that bias is no longer only in organizations. It's not only you know work life oriented. I mean, this is very much a you know, business organization setting, which still clearly is an important part. But the theme and the phenomena of, of uh, information systems is so much more. I mean, it, you know, it's fair, it's fine, but it also uh, it, you know, mirrors profound way the phenomena several decades back, which isn't the same phenomena these days, which we, I guess, will be coming back to. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely agree. And although this definition is from the, the early 80s, I, I do think that there are sort of the, the spirit of information system is still sort of relevant even, in, even today. But maybe the elements which can loosely be clustered into about six categories, hardware and software, data, people, interactions, procedures, processes, those types of things require feedback in an environment with with boundaries when we talk about information systems. And that sort of structure is very rigorous in terms of definition. Do you actually think that there is a clear definition for what information systems is and why or why not? Well, um, again, I mean, you do have, you know, this definition my, my, I guess my personal favorite is, is um, Alan Lee's inaugural editorial for the, the you know, same journal, you know, very much paving the way for, you know, balanced view of the technology and all the rest. In this sense, clearly there are definitions and they are, uh, I think, useful to, to a certain extent. Um, as I, as I, you know, we, we chit-chatted a little before <laughs> starting off and, and I mentioned that my own take on, on definitions is, is fairly robust in, in the sense that I very often find that, you know, the interesting phenomena lack a clear definition. You know, I, for one, would be, um, you know, quite happy with pursuing IS without a very, you know, precise definition of exactly what it is. And, and, and I'm always reminded of, of John Searle, the, the philosopher in this, who, who made the point that it's, in fact, is the lack of, of clear definitions is, is in fact very typical to large part of our discourse. If anything, is is sign of thriving arguments and, and discourse, hence richness. So I think you know all all calls for definitions should should come you know with you know uh, an ambition of trying to to define the concepts we work. I'm I'm not you know against that. At the same time, we should entertain, I think, a healthy dose of, of robustness in living without those um, clear definitions or at least competing and uh, alternative definitions. I, I absolutely agree. I, I think having a dynamic and evolving awareness of sort of what defines the spirit of, of information systems and, and not strict rigorous boundaries speaks to the tenor and tone and cadence of, of what makes up and shapes what we do as researchers in information systems discipline. So if, if I can just 
you know, add a comment to that because, yeah, so, so I think we're definitely on the same page here. And that said, it's also, um, I think, naive not to recognize that at times, you know, applying for a position, handing in your PhD, setting off a paper to a journal. Uh, I mean, there are disciplinary exercises around drawing up those boundaries. So so even though phenomena, as it were, is, is you know, without boundaries, those boundaries do get enacted and made real and very real sometimes. I don't think I'm advocating complete naiveness to not recognizing circumstances in which those those boundaries are, are for real. At the bottom, I, I think we should be not exaggerating those those boundaries. I think it's healthy to have them less pronounced. Yes, and having the opportunity to constantly have a point of discussion of how those boundaries are, are moving and shaping our activities in the form of a dissertation where a PhD student new to the information systems discipline is describing emerging phenomenon or a senior scholar who has a, an established view, as you put it, philosophy about uh, what shapes are, are, and I use air quotations here, <laughs> our discipline is... Uh, is where I, I stand as well. I think the, the, the wandering off here, so, so please <laughs> no worries. give me a kick when, when we're completely off. But, but I think the, the, the attraction has always been the interdisciplinarity around the field, I think itself, and I think that's the thing I, I very much agree to. And I have to say, by and large, I, mean, I have this loyalty or feeling to <laughs> towards the IS. Um, ostensibly sitting in a chair, which is IS, uh, I obviously should be <laughs> all loyal and, 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 and speak you know, nicely, and, and I'm very happy to do that. But at the same time, the fact that there are you know, so many traditions and inspirations from, from the outside has always been the attraction. So you can, you can almost go crazy in this big shop shopping mall of ideas. And I, I think IS has been good at embracing. I mean, it has had an open economy of, of ideas. It's, you know, there are closed church tendencies here and there, but, but I think the big picture is that ISS Dublin has, has been remarkably open to, to influences and ideas over the years. And certainly to me, characteristic of the field has been something I appreciate deeply. I guess you'd sort of say that's almost what makes us us is this uh, smorgasbord of ingredients to continue with your metaphor that we can pick and pull from the shelves to make and shape what it is that we're doing in our research. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people um, enjoy that. It's one way of fitting it is that, you know, different from, I don't know, uh, mathematics, physics, you know, the benefits of a young discipline, is it has no strong entrenched tradition and completely which everyone has to, to adhere to, at least not in an equally strong sense as the other disciplines which go back, you know, centuries, not to say, not the same millennium. No, uh, IS as a, as a discipline is, is not quite so old as, as mathematics, you say, for example. But, but maybe that, that's a nice segue into our, our next section with to talk about the past of information systems. As we've sort of directly considered is the maturity of, of information systems as a discipline in comparison with other more established fields that have long standing rigor and, and traditions. Most, most typically those are seen in more 
STEM fields, such as science and, and math and physics. Because we're at the beginning of a new year, I thought this was a good time to really emphasize and, and reflect on, on the past, recognizing our, our milestones and successes and failures is, is pretty typical of, of advent of a new year. How we move through the, the previous year is um, maybe especially interesting for, for the information systems because of the pandemic situation, which has brought forth a lot of points on pressures for using digital services and, and products from, from home or to, to help advance and sustain the, the management of the pandemic. I think this speaks a lot to the maturity or the ubiquity of how information systems uh, aspects and topics are almost ingrained in our everyday lives very, very naturally. And uh, this sort of affords for us now. In the, in the history of IS, around the 60s, uh, more known as management information systems, it definitely has been evolving. When uh, there were the first conference in Philadelphia of information systems scholars in, in the early 80s. So that's a, about a 20 year leap for the, the first upscaling of IS. And we're seeing from that point forward, more and more information systems emphasis and conferences and, and journals started popping up. And there was evidence in publications from 2012, for instance, from Hersham and Klein, a glorious and not so short history of the information systems field, which det- details much more than we'll, we'll talk about here. For, for listeners, I'll put a link to, to the paper if you're interested in reading it. It is a good read for a more rigorous scrutiny of <laughs> of the history of our, our discipline. And uh, we also see uh, uh, patterns of interest in, in history of, of information systems. I think that's fairly common across a lot of different disciplines is uh, calling for special issues or reflections on, on what has happened and what has uh, shaped the year or decade, for instance. More and more from, from the 60s onwards, it, w- it wasn't until I think 72 or 73 when university degrees around information systems started to emerge in key places such as Harvard. Absolutely now in, in a university, I, I personally can't imagine that there is no uh, information technology or ICT or you know some sort of education around IS. What has been your witness to, to this succession of information systems in, in the world and academia? Well, um, I've been around for a, for a stretch, but speaking uh, uh, a lot about the 60s, 70s, um, you know, um, uh, I don't know about that. But, but uh, I think you know, there are a couple of things. Uh, for one, you know, the, 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 the outline you give is me, you know, traces out the evolving phenomenon of the digital because, you know, starting you know, uh, in confined places, workplaces for very particular tasks, um, you know, calculations, you know, and, and expanding in scope, you know, the tasks around which IS were used uh, have expanded. And with that, new sets of issues and challenges, appropriation of technology, social, organizational aspects. And I think love the field, you know, nicely alluded to and, and pointed to in, um, in this paper. Speaks to exactly that. That that um, even though it has had the same name through these decades, it's really addressing very different things. That's um, you know my trend or tendency you know isn't stopping in time soon. So, so it's the ways in which um, what we study, our objects of study, become very different, uh, and without the interesting and relevant questions that we pursue. Uh, so, so that certainly has been very, very visible, uh, and I think um, not so much the past, but you know, uh, 
having a quick glimpse towards the future, the, this whole, you know, mythification or, or whatever, people use different words here, but, you know, the way our social world becomes data or amendable for data representation subsequent manipulation is is profoundly you know shaping our life force and, and i think that's that's um, fits you know that's the, the most recent expression but it, it fits into this long, long history of having an phenomena certainly i um, you know, this is the one um you know big thing i, I think i'm i'm seeing and and the consequence of that is that our object of study spills out um, to so many other disciplines. Um, you know, it becomes interesting for so many others from, I don't know, social science, you know, humanities, economists, anthropologists, you know, there are, you know, the list goes on. And exactly because, you know, our quote-unquote phenomena is no longer phenomena that we own. It's um, also part of so many other um, life worlds, which then, uh, then um, these other disciplines are interested in. Um, and to me, that's a, a, a very optimistic uh, uh, tendency. You know, I'm, I'm very happy to see that. Um, and I'm sure we'll uh, see more sort of networked sense of, of our discipline, you know, interacting in an open economy with these other disciplines in pursuing our agenda. If I'm just, um, you know, briefly comment on, on very, very tiny sort of thing, it's, it's, you know, Rudy Hushain and others, um, was in the role of qualitative IS, which is, you know, what I've really been interested in, um, which is a tiny corner of IS, I mean, if you really start categorizing the, and I, so, so I think the, the, an important Part, um, and I'm thinking of Rish, I'm someone who's you know embodying this uh, this history is that having to sort of defend that as, as you know something I do and then give some, some elaborate arguments legitimizing your approach, you can just go about doing your stuff. And to me, that's a very you know, <laughs> that's real real progress, and, and um, it's liberating to have him not having to to. Yeah, explain uh, and legitimize even basic assumptions. Hmm. Absolutely, that's a that's a good point. And I I think as a a researcher who's only been part of this discipline for five years, it's uh, sort of a privilege of sorts to to enter into a a discipline that has had different academics advocate for avenues of research from from different perspectives, and that all of these should be valued and shouldn't be diminished with, within a domain because of differing views. And I think that speaks to a certain degree of uh, healthy maturity in the information systems discipline. As I myself am also a qualitative researcher, um, I can't imagine having to um, argue uh, for, for a case study, which maybe 20 years ago or so was, uh, if I think of uh, when Yin published his methods of, of case studies in 1994 or so, the, the, the revolutionization of the, the qualitative Movement in, in information systems is, is absolutely wonderful. And now with the emphasis of, of, of data and data-driven um, topics in, in our present uh, focus and, and fields under areas such as artificial intelligence and digital transformation, not having the, the skills and the, the tools in our IS tool belt 
to to address the human factors of of the problems really have diminished what what we can do. Okay, and 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 if I'm a little anecdote here, I mean, uh, discussing Jeff Fulton a long, long time ago when, when he, I should remember, you know, the year he published this first book of his, this interpretive. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm not sure. No, no, information um, technology and organization, something like that, and and it was a very sort of important book, and and, and came out early, and 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 just and then said that he had discussed his manuscripts before publishing with the end, and, and and he had pondered, should I create an argument for why this book is based on case studies? Um, and he had given him a very sound advice that, you know, skip that, just do your thing. And Jeff was very <laughs> happy for the advice, and, 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 and so am I. And I think it, you know, it signals exactly this, this phase that, you know, now is a little time back, but still was, was um, uh, something that many of us had to, to, to grapple with for a long period of time to, to spend more energy than, than we wanted to, to, to sort of before we could actually deliver what we had to say. That's an interesting anecdote. I wonder how many researchers uh, had to, to face that sort of criticism during that, that time. I, I can't imagine a, a present information system discipline that doesn't have things like ethnography and case studies that, that help shape our understanding of the world. Exactly. So, so um, no, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm sure there are lots of people who have, you know, experienced the journalist. So listeners, this seems a natural segue to commence the first part of this episode too. Thank you for tuning in and I hope you will join us for part two where Eric and I will continue our discussion about information systems by reflecting on the present and considering what the future might hold. All of the articles we reference in our discussion are listed in the description box, and please consider subscribing and following us on Twitter at IS Digest Podcast. Until next time!